mi amigos. This is Brett Weiniger, and this is a Bravo Bite. Actually, it's the very first Bravo Bite. When I first uh, was considering starting a podcast, the very last thing I ever considered that it would be on the the day after a major world event that somehow connected back to experiences here at the Casa del Wacos. But here we go. It was approximately eight years ago, and I received a text from a number that I didn't recognize. It was from a pair of Ukrainian motorcyclists that were crossing the country on a pair of ADV bikes, a Suzuki DR650 and a KR, Kawasaki KLR650 to be exact. If you're not familiar with the concept of what a ADV motorcycle is, it's if you saw one going down the road, you'd probably think it was a glorified dirt bike. They're designed to travel, you know, they're street legal. They'll, you know, run 75, 85 miles an hour higher up and down the highway until the highway runs out, turns to dirt, and that's where the fun begins. So we've been a fan of these bikes for quite some time, and not just the bikes, but the community of riders that kind of surrounds them. They're kind of a, they're not your typical biker. They're more of a tend to travel alone, tend to camp a lot by themselves out in the middle of nowhere. Just the whole vibe is something that's really always appealed to me since I was very, you know, very first uh, exposed to it probably 15, 20 years ago. Maybe not that far, but it's been a while. But we've done lots and lots of miles on these type of bikes. So when you get a, uh, when you get a request from somebody that's needing assistance, from a fellow ADV member, it's just, it's just pretty much a, a foregone conclusion that you help them out. And I got this, I got the, like I said, I got this text, returned the phone call, and it was a really heavily accented, um, I could tell it was Eastern European accent, and found out later, of course, it was Ukrainian. And it was a guy named Vasil that was crossing the United States with his buddy Jan and they were what the plan was to this this was like right around 2014 and Russia had just invaded the Crimean Peninsula the Turkish airliner had been shot down over Russian airspace and the Russians were claiming that the uh, the Ukrainian nationals had done it and there's a big you know international brouhaha about it and rightfully so and the plan was was that Vasil and Jan were going to cross the United States on these what a lot of people would consider woefully underpowered motorcycles. And when they got to the West Coast from Tampa to say California or Oregon, wherever on the West Coast they ended up at, and when they reached their destination, they were going to sell the bikes and then fly home to Ukraine to defend Ukraine, the fatherland, against the Russians. Well, if that isn't the epitome of badassery, I don't know what is. As they would be following parts of our previous route through Colorado and New Mexico, Vasil wanted to know if he could swing by the, the Casa here in Arkansas for a bit of trip advice and the use of our backyard to camp for the night. Well, I guess you can you, know, you probably know already that they didn't camp. They ended up um, taking over my living room with their sleeping bags and the rest of their gear 
and the Ukrainians became the first group to show up and just hang out at the Casa, an activity that would be reenacted many times since, including but not limited to the really great ones, uh, Juan Car Garcia from um, from Spain. You had the Hot Mess Express from Texas, and recently Angelo Gianni on his little CT-125. He crossed the entire United States on a 125 on the um, on the back of a, on on dirt, basically, you know, with, with some pavement. But he crossed across it on what's called the Trans America Trail. If you hear that, somebody bumping the microphone, that's Charlie. She has no respect for what I'm trying to accomplish here. She just—it's all about her, as everybody knows. So, but all these stories—the Juan Car Garcia, the Hot Mess Express, and Angelo, as well. You know, these will all be um, the subject of Bravo Bites in the future because they've all been really, really influential, and and how we look at the world. Really, <laughs> it's really been eye-opening for us. But Ukraines were the first. When they arrived at the Casa from Tampa, Florida, I saw immediate trouble. Not from the riders themselves, as they were the coolest couple of guys you could ever hope to meet, but it was their bikes. They were bedraggled. They were never going to make it across Oklahoma, much, much less all the way to California. These poor bikes were already tuckered, worn out, and the trip had just started. As Zach and I ride DR650s, and my buddy Fletch rode a KLR650 at the time, we, between the three of us, we had a plethora of spare tires and parts to help outfit their bikes, the Ukrainian bikes, for the, you know, the rest of the trip. I mean, I have an attic full of you know tires and whatnot that we've taken off over the years, so seat covers and throttle locks and just th- things that will make it more comfortable as you as you cross especially the the plains so we stayed up that night until oh lord i probably just about all night long uh working on those bikes changing tires you know prepping them for the the road to come and it was then that i received a fascination with ukraine not based on what i actually knew about the country or even know to this day but based on the vibe that i picked up and just meeting these two super chill ambassadors from a country halfway around the world. It was Vasil that told me that night, something I've carried with me all these years since. And judging from his experience, looking at watching our media and our, you know, news coverage from his side of the pond, you cannot trust your own media. And truer words were never spoken. It's still fascinating to me that a personal meeting with quote-unquote strangers can have such an immediate impact on one's worldview it happened again with a with a chance encounter with a waddle of vacationing orthodox jews camping out in moab at the devil's playground a truly you know mind-bending experience but that's a story for another day but that night we were told of the unmarked tanks and personnel carriers crossing their border uninvited of the sound of cruise missiles streaking overhead while they were riding their motorcycles across the countryside. They told of a chocolate factory that had been bombed, then repurposed as a Russian munitions depot. All of this was news to us, as our own media finds it much more profitable to divide the bourgeois with tales of class envy than with actual news. Abraham Lincoln said it best, a house divided against itself cannot stand. We got their bikes prepped. 
They got up the next morning or that morning, I guess. And I think I, I think I led them out of town, just rode with them for a little ways. And when we, when we parted ways, I actually felt like I was going to cry. Of course, part of this, because I really wanted to go with them. There's nothing that appeals to me like, you know, heading West on a motorcycle. But the real reason was that I felt like I was not just saying goodbye to new friends, but actually bidding a final farewell to a long lost brother. Not that they were going to go off and die. That was not anywhere in, but the fact that, you know, Ukraine's half a world away. The chances of meeting these guys again are slim to none. After the sound of their engines vanished in the distance, I went back and I made it back to the house, went into the kitchen and found four pieces of Ukrainian candy on my kitchen table table been left by Vasil. It is my understanding that they were the from the chocolate factory that had been targeted by the Russians. I saved them for in my tank bag for probably years um, till they became so dry and crumbling that they became virtually inedible. I did say virtually as I can eat almost anything that resembles chocolate in any form, but I still carry the wrappers. Anyway, after many adventures, Jan and Vasil made it to the West Coast from Arkansas. Before selling the bikes to raise the necessary funds to fly home, they stripped all the donated parts and shipped them back to the Casa. Of course, uh, the coolest thing about that was attached to the seat cover that I had put on Vasil's bike, he had attached a handmade plaque. Does this saddle make my butt look big? And I will not comment because I didn't look. So this is why I now carry Ukraine flag on my motorcycle and fly it at the appropriate stunning places. Let's say it's flown at Ophir Pass. It's flown Engineer Pass. I'm a gene. It's flown at, in Moab. It's flown here in the here in Arkansas in the in the Washita's and the Ozarks. Not so much the the location that matters. It's the vibe, the feeling of the location. So not because I'm trying, not because I'm trying to be a Ukrainian, I'm an American, but I had, I now have Ukrainian brothers. I fly in solidarity with them, then post the pictures on social media so they can see and remember that they have American brothers as well. And we do not forget. And if I have Ukrainian brothers, doesn't that make me at least a bit Ukrainian by proxy? I sure hope so. Up the irons, Vasil, and give them hell. <laughs>